Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Three weeks from tonight is election night. We record this on Tuesday, October 18th, and there are four or five races that I think are getting a lot of attention, and, and rightfully so. They are important races. One is the Senate race in Georgia between Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, he's the incumbent, and uh, Herschel Walker, former NFL running back who is uh, gaining in the polls. He may even be up, I think, by a few points in the recent poll. And Walker is a fighter. I mean, he made me nervous at first listening to him debate, but he's he's really good. And uh, Warnock, was, uh, he was dead to rights in their debate last week. The issue of the uh, Ebenezer Baptist Church came up, and uh, during the debate, Warnock denied his church, the Ebenezer Baptist Church, had been evicting people from a building owned by the church for which he works. At the same time, he was getting from the church over $7,400 a month in housing allowance. Walker just nailed him on that and offered to pay the rent of the people being evicted. Because he won't answer that about evicting the people from the church. And I told him, I will pay that. I'll pay that salary. You're evicting them right now. We, we, have, we, have, the not, we have not evicted we have not evicted those. I guys. didn't write the article. We, we you, your, your. I didn't we, write the article. We, and most of the people know, have let me, my time. Let me be with the discussion. If we you start talking over yes. each other, okay. we, we have, have not. Go we ahead. have not I'll evicted the tenants. And and he should take that money and pay it back to the veterans that he exploited while yeah, pretending I'll, to I'll run. Like and uh, see, you can tell that he's not desperate because if he had read in that thing, he would have saw that I had nothing to do with that. But he is so desperate right now, he really wants that seat. He's now telling you, I didn't evict anyone. It is written in the paper. I didn't do this. Well, Senator, you did. And it's okay to speak the truth. Do not bear false witness, Senator. Do not bear false witness. Mr. Walker, you keep this moving. Now, he may have had that... uh... May have had that that line, you know, prepared, but that's okay. It came off it was a perfect time for it, and that's what these Democrats do. They lie. Nobody holds them to account. The media won't certainly. Herschel Walker called out Warnock on his lies and his, and he he tore him up in that debate, and that's one of the one of the uh, the big races that I think a lot of folks are looking at. The other one is is still in Georgia, the governor's race, a rematch from uh, two years uh, two years ago or four years ago, can't be four years already. Uh, Brian Kemp, the Republican incumbent, is uh, facing a challenge from Stacey Abrams, a Democrat. And, you know, it's the same old, same old. These uh, these Democrats, if they get behind in a race, especially if they're black, they start they start playing the race card. A lot of these black advocates and, and lawmakers are now criticizing the GOP over the attacks on the Dems regarding the issue of crime. And the Democrats say that they, they these attacks have racial undertones. There's a series of attack ads hitting the Dems as being too soft on crime, which they are. And uh, it was directed at some of the white candidates as well. But the black candidates, such as Abrams in Georgia, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin, are using the issue of race to ignite fear. They want to make it about race. All Republicans are racist. These attacks about Democrats being soft on crime, there's a racial undertone to it. I mean, I think the the allegations are ludicrous. But here's, I think I got this off Yahoo News. There's a piece here by Cheyenne Den- uh, Daniels. Cheyenne Daniels. And I guess they're claiming the narrative is a stir up fear and it's being used against black and brown candidates. According, they have a quote here from Georgia State Senator Tanya Anderson, who chairs the state's black legislative caucus. 
And you know, let's face it, blacks, they're affected more by violent crime and crime of all sorts than are white people. But they point to the political advertisements run by Brian Kemp's campaign in the governor's race, in which it appears, listen to this, that Abrams' skin was significantly darkened. I, I can't imagine that he would go to this extreme. Kemp's team has also been accused of using a darkened image of Abrams in a fundraising email and on social media that argued that she was putting criminals first. Now, this is, and they have quotes here by the NAACP. It's Yahoo. It's slanted. It's ridiculous. Crime is an issue. And unfortunately, a majority of the violent crime across the country is committed by young black and Hispanic males. That's a fact. That's according to the federal FBI statistics. I can't imagine that Kemp would, would darken a picture of Stacey Abrams in a, in a campaign ad, but this is some of the, this is how ridiculous the Democrats are. They want to make everything about race and about abortion. That's the other issue. Chuck Schumer buying all kinds of airtime and all these other Democrats at the national level, they're nervous because they know they're in trouble. They know that, that the House is going to Republicans by a wide margin and the Senate may fall as well. Speaking of the Senate, we mentioned Warnock Walker. Another big race in the Senate is this Fetterman and uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, a very key swing state. Now, this Fetterman is not well. He had a stroke, a serious one, back in, I think it was May, and he's not fully recovered. It's If you watch him speak, according to one report uh, on MSNBC, the reporter said I, he appeared to be having trouble understanding what I was asking him. He has issues, but still he's four points ahead in the polls because Democrats don't care. They'll, they'll vote for dead people. We know that. Anyway, another race in the Senate to look out for is uh, J.D. Vance, the Republican, challenging uh, Ryan, the Democrat. I can't think of Ryan's first name, but I, I, the polls are tight. I think Vance may be pulling ahead in that race. In some of those debates, they've had one or two debates, and they have been really – they've been uh, acrimonious, to say the least. Vance is a good debater, ex-Marine. And he's taken the he's taken it to Ryan Good, and I think you know I think Republicans, if they win the Senate, they're going to win the House. I think they will begin impeachment proceedings in the House in 2023 against Joe Biden for any number of reasons: the scandals, his health. They could invoke the 25th Amendment. He's not fit to hold the office. I mean, it's just plain to see that he is he's diminished. So that's what I think a lot of Republicans are looking for. Another big race. For uh, governor in Arizona is a former TV anchor. She was at Channel 13 for a number of years. Carrie Lake, she is crushing this, uh, I can't think of her name, Hobbs, Carrie Hobbs or Katie Hobbs. Hobbs won't debate her. She's afraid to be in the same room with with, uh, Carrie Lake. And it's it's easy to see why. I mean, Lake is an attractive woman. She's well-spoken. She knows the issues. And... Hobbs wants no part of her. But those are just four of the uh, big races across the country. I want to get to some comments made by President Trump about American Jews that he made last week, or one of his rallies, I think it was. Uh, He came under fire. He posted on, on his Truth Social platform Sunday, calling on American Jews to get their act together and show more appreciation for Israel before it's too late. And not naturally from the usual uh quarters. He's been accused of being anti-Semitic, and his statements are inflammatory. He said what needed to be said, and that's why people like, love Donald Trump. He's got the guts to say what nobody else will say. The stuff that needs to be said. American Jews should be called on the carpet. 
they vote for the pre- uh, for the Democrat in presidential elections anywhere from 70 to 75 percent of the time. And I don't care what these, you know, the liberal media says in these Jewish organizations. The Washington Post accused them of anti-Semitism. Some of these editorial boards, most of them are staffed by a lot of liberal Jewish people. Washington Post among them. The New York Times is among them. The New York Post, many of their editorial board are, are, are Jewish, but they're conservative. But the Post and the NBC uh, News Division, led. The, listen to how they led their stories with the headlines saying Trump attacks Jews. He did no such thing. Uh, a headline on CBS News described Trump as critical. And here's the headline. Trump critical of U.S. Jews in social post. The Washington Post claimed it is an anti-Semitic trope to accuse American Jews of having more loyalty to Israel than to the U.S. But Trump didn't do that. He didn't make that claim. His post was not the first time the former president has suggested that U.S. Jews traditionally align more with Democrats on domestic policies, and they should be more supportive of him because of Trump, we're speaking of, because of his support of Israel. How can you disagree with that? What president has done more for Israel? But you see how the media, and there's, most of them are Democrats, how they twist things. But the head of the Anti-Defamation League, which is liberal, Jonathan Greenblatt, criticized Trump. I'm not going to read you his quote because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. U.S. Jews, this is what Trump said, what he posted. U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel before it's too late. And Trump said, no president has done more for Israel than I have. Adding that the U.S. wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. What did he say that's not true? The uh, Zionist Organization of America supports uh, the former president. I understand Trump's pain that uh, not one mainstream Jewish group, except for the ZOA, honored Trump for being such an extraordinary friend to Israel and the Jewish people. Is what the ZOA president Morton Klein said in a statement. But you know they're they're out to get him because they know that he still is the main power in the Republican Party. There is a uh, New York Times poll that shows the GOP has an edge uh, in, in many of these races across the country. Now, when the New York Times comes out and admits that, you know there's trouble. The economy and inflation is what Americans are thinking about. That's what most concerns Americans, the economy and the inflation number, which I think is 8.3%. Prices of uh, food and, and, and fuel sky high. Gasoline up again, as I'm sure if you uh, gas up every day as I do. It's up to 375, 387 in some places here locally in upstate New York. And it's not good. And we are in a recession. Some by some economists say we we are in a recession already. And if we're not, we will be in the next 12 months under Joe Biden. So the GOP, according to the New York Times, holds a 49% to 45% advantage among voters who are asked which party they want representing them in Congress. This is a New York Times Siena College poll. In September, that same poll, the Democrats had a one-point edge. Now they're down by four. Independent women especially have migrated toward the GOP. That's a big group with an 18-point Democrat cushion last month, becoming a 14-point Republican lead. That's a 32-point swing among independent women. That's one of the main reasons why the Republicans now across the country are leading in many of their races. 
And uh, the Times Siena poll joins other recent surveys indicating the Republicans are favored to regain control of the House uh, on November 8th. Anyway, there was a Siena College poll out this week that shows Kathy Hochul is leading in the race for governor over Lee Zeldin by 11 points. And that seems to me to be, I don't think she's that far ahead. She may be a few percentage points ahead, but she's not 11 points ahead. Now, the Siena poll tends to oversample Democrats and they get their samplings from a lot from New York City and and from the suburbs. And I think it's going to be a lot closer. Now, can Zeldin pull, the, pull it off? I'm not sure. I haven't seen any, any internal polls that would suggest he is in the lead, but I think he's going to be competitive. And I think this, this state is in rough shape. Kathy Hochul can run all the TV ads about her bringing all these jobs to New York State and how everything's great. Crime is rampant. Violent crime is up, especially in New York City. And the economy is wrecked. And a lot of it is the result of uh, Democrat policies at the state and federal level. She can't run from it. And that race, I think, is going to be tight. Uh, the Times Union says Hochul is a lock. Well, she's not. Again, Times Union, very liberal newspaper. She's not a lock. Believe me. I've been covering these things for a long time. I'm not saying Zeldin's going to win. I hope and pray that he does to give New York State a, a chance here. Some of the congressional races in New York State, Paul Tonko has been in, he was in the Assembly for over two decades. He's been in Congress, I think, for nine years and he's being challenged again by Liz Joy, who is an attractive candidate. She's very well-spoken, knows the issues well. And I, I heard from a, a source in the Assembly that the NRCC is involved in this race, the N National Republican Campaign Committee. And they very seldom, they don't get in, involved in races they don't think they have a shot in. So they must think Tonko's seat is in play. I haven't seen any poll. That's one race I have not seen any polling on. And uh, But the party bigs must think Tonko's seat is, uh, they must think he's vulnerable. Elise Stefanik will be staying in Washington for another two-year term. That's a prediction. I haven't seen any polling to suggest that she's being threatened in any way by this uh, Matt Costelli, who I, get, I saw one TV commercial of Costelli's uh, over the weekend. It shows him holding an AR-15. I guess he was in the military. He's talking about keeping uh, funding for police. But, uh, you know, he's a big abortion guy. He mentioned abortion in the uh, commercial. And for the Democrats, they're, they're, they're tone deaf. They're misreading, I think, the American people, or in this case, the, uh, the voters in the uh, 20th Congressional District. Or 20, is it the 21st, Stefanik? Anyway, uh, people are not concerned, as concerned about abortion as they are about the economy and about crime. And open borders. That's what's going to drive people to the polls. And that's what's going to put Republicans back in the driver's seat in uh, in January in Congress. At least, at the very least, the House and possibly the Senate. And certainly, uh, let's hope they pick up a few governor's mansions as well or, you know, win some governor's races. One final note here. Did you see Jill Biden? Jill got booed terribly at a Philadelphia Eagles game Sunday. She went to the Eagles game, the Eagles and Cowboys at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, and she was des designated the honorary captain for the night, and she was standing at midfield during a coin toss when they flashed her picture on the big screen. That's when people just let... I, I felt sorry for her. It was, it was embarrassing. She was laughing and whooping it up with the other people, you know, at midfield, but, I mean, people just let her... They let her have it. And uh, a stadium full of Eagles fans, a booter. I didn't hear many people clapping. <laughs> and she's a big Eagles fan, I guess. But I think Amer Americans are fed up with what's going on. We mentioned Fetterman 
Uh, he better take note. People in Pennsylvania are not happy with what Biden and the Democrats are doing. And this is at, in Philadelphia where, you know, Biden won big. Now, granted, most people at a football game are not Democrats. I mean, football is a sport usually, uh, you know, attended by Republicans and watched on TV by Republicans. You, I mean, that's a generalization, but I think that's a pretty safe one. But Jill Biden got, uh, I felt sorry for her. She got, she got hammered. That's all we have time for, folks. Thank you very much for tuning us in. Don't forget, check out the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have the uh, Ken Burns Show. We have uh, Adrian Ross with a program on Tuesday. This show airs Wednesdays, Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint. My daughter, Madeline, has The Essentials with Maddie Flint, which airs Friday. And we have a couple of other news shows, too. And I, can't, I don't have them in front of me. I apologize. But check out the uh, the website. We do columns for you under the PAC perspective. Go to the bmgnetwork.com and check it all out. Thank you very much for tuning us in. And if you want to contact me directly, uh, hit uh, just uh, type in PACMAN. You can email me, PACMAN, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And uh, whatever. You have complaints, comments, uh praise, whatever. And don't forget, hit like. Like the show and uh, and sus- hit subscribe, too, because we need we need you to subscribe. I have a lot of people saying they listen, but, you know, we, you, I need you to like it and subscribe to it and keep up with it and share it, too, on social media. Thanks, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.